listening to the Lit and Lucid podcast brought to you by Steve's Goods and YooHoo Brand. Here's your host, Lucy and Jared. Welcome everybody to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here live recording at the Lux Retreat in Denver, Colorado. We are celebrating our 50th episode of the show. So thank you all for joining us and our panelists for being on the show and everybody who's involved with this. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah, so we just wanted to give a special shout out to all of our sponsors. We have TR Concentrates, Mindful Dispensary, and Stillwater Brands. So there's all these products around here. So definitely give them a try tonight, as well as to Lux Retreat for allowing us to record here. Um, and to all of our guests who showed up and you know educated us on all these topics about cannabis and being in the industry, as well as everybody who's shown up tonight and all of our listeners. We're proud to say we have over 10,000 downloads. So we're super excited to Woo! be where we are. Nice. Yeah. Killing it. And we wouldn't be there without all of you guys, our past guests, everybody listening, everybody watching on the video. We would not be here without you. So shout out to all you guys. So so when Lucy and I first started the podcast, we were mainly focused on educating and showcasing millennial entrepreneurs in the space. We quickly realized that there's a lot more whom we could all learn from. And so we decided to broaden our scope. So we got a lot of people on the show now. <laughs> So since Lit and Lucid has grown into a, a well-known source for industry education, and we've also grown outside of the U.S. now into Canada, and hopefully with the video we can grow globally and grow with you all as well as the industry expands. So tonight, we want to do something different. So for episode 50, we thought we'd throw back to our roots and showcase some millennial entrepreneurs chasing their dreams in the cannabis industry. So Lucy, what do we got on the show tonight? All right, you guys. So tonight we have a panel of three cannabis entrepreneurs in the space we have Wyatt Beebe. He is the co-founder of Lux Retreat. We have Paige Kazazian. She is the founder of Faro Kitchen. And we have Ali Abuzalim, and he is the found, co-founder and CEO of Bee Nails. What's welcome, up, guys? Welcome, welcome. What up? Thanks, Thanks for having us, guys. guys. We're yeah. here. Thank we you, We are <laughs> in Denver still, but we are in a different corner of Denver this time. And a much nicer atmosphere, I feel like. Right, yeah. This yeah. is better, better than, than our, our normal spot. Our living yeah, room. no, I'm glad you guys could be here. This is a great space for you guys to come enjoy and 100% consumption friendly. So, All on Beanell's products. <laughs> yeah. Keeps I'll be nice hey, and then shout out to that CBD flower we had right before the show. Yeah. yeah. Lemon, lemon drop. Tasty. Delicious. <laughs> yep. Got everybody straight before the show for yeah. sure. <laughs> Well, Paige, why don't you kick it off? Why don't you explain to us a little bit about your experiences and how you got into the cannabis industry? I would love to do that. I've always been interested in cannabis, but came from the prohibition kind of era in the deep south. So moving out here blindly in the middle of winter, right as legalization started by myself was quite an experience. So I just immersed myself in the industry. The past couple of years, I've done everything. Started from the bottom up. I've done Bud tending, management, inventory. I spent a couple of months out in Las Vegas in early 2016, helping the first one of the first 10 medical dispensaries get on board, did a business plan for Oregon, moved back to Colorado, and I've just been enjoying the journey ever since. You have really traversed the West Coast then, especially <laughs> the cannabis industry. Yeah, hopefully soon I'll be able to like take it home to the East Coast. I'm waiting. <laughs> We're all waiting East Coast, so. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, yeah, I was born and raised in Alaska and then uh, kind of made the leap out here in 2016. I decided to come out and pursue cannabis in the industry and really just get my foot in the door. Um, I turned 21 in October of 2016. And then that January, I started off in a dispensary and 
uh, just really started from the ground up there and learned the industry from the inside and out and transitioned my way into starting Lux Retreat. And uh, it was about a 10-month evolution of networking and meeting new people and exploring the industry and just learning how things are run from the inside. And uh, from there, you know, just came up with this concept and formulated it. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think... I think operating as a bud tender before you really do anything else really gives you some wonderful perspectives. And I feel like a lot of the companies we see in Colorado, and I'm sure other states as well, a lot of the people who started those companies started on the bottom and had to work themselves up. And I think that's extremely valuable because you get to see the products, you get to see the process, and you get to see the people that all go into what this is. And I think it helps shape your perspective as you grow from that foundation. Absolutely. Like Paige, like you have way more resume space than I do. But um, yeah, I mean, same starting point though is, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole in the industry and just like getting your foot in the door and then from there making these opportunities happen. So totally agree. Yeah, I think it's crucial to success, but I always joke that one year in cannabis is like a dog year in any other industry. (laughs) So you are well on your way to success. Super accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this place is a testament that you guys are on your way to success. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. this is just the beginning and trust me, we're, we're learning every single day. So yeah. it's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Well, especially being in Colorado, you know, while it is legal here, there's not very many places that you can still consume. So it's important to, you know, work totally. through that and being one of the, you know, the trailblazers in that space. Totally, totally. It's, it's, uh, it's ever changing and, you know, you're really starting to see these different areas in the industry kind of like pull out and like start steaming ahead in their own niche and we feel like we're trying to do that with this space of you know cannabis friendly accommodations and the entire vacation experience that's all inclusive so a lot of fun well, it's a beautiful space so thanks for having us thank you guys <laughs> all for being here all right and ali what about your story well the the summarized version is that i was i graduated from texas tech university with a degree in oil and gas so i like to tell people i went from black gold to green gold but my i've always been passionate about cannabis from the first time i ever got stoned and was cracking up with my friends to realizing that it helped with hangovers anxiety stress and then now developing cannabis industry helping so many people so many things i've been very passionate about the plant and i was able to convince my the ceo of the oil company i was working for at the time in 2014 to move me to the denver office planning to just kind of be on the ground floor of cannabis, just rec cannabis, just legalized in Colorado. Uh, long story short, I was super busy in 2014 with, with my regular job that I didn't get much done besides get a med card and smoke a lot of weed and kind of <laughs> enjoy all that. Uh, hey, the product tr- testing. Exactly. <laughs> lot, lots of research and development. And, it's like your freshman year. <laughs> right, right. It, it was my freshman year. And frankly, the true catalyst was that after oil crashed at the end of 2014, I got laid off when we had already started B-Nails as a side project. Random call from a buddy in high school. Hey, man, saw you moved to Denver. Would love your, I know you're a business guy. Would love your opinion on, on this product. And I wasn't really interested at first. Like, ah, I'm too busy. He's like, what is it? It's a way to, it's a way to dab without the torch. And that's like, hmm, that can be <laughs> something. Because when I saw the torch, I thought dabbing is going to be huge, but the torch is disgusting. That's not scalable. People aren't going to want to do that, even though it's it's very prevalent right now. So some do, but that's uh, that's kind of how I got there, and the rest is history. Once I got laid off, it was like move back to Texas and get another oil and gas job, or you got some money saved up. Let's roll the dice. Seven months, no income. Month eight, we were able to get stuff going and pay ourselves a little bit. And and, and that's the reality. I mean, that's why we're here tonight is to talk about just that honestly. So that's cool to 
That's what you got to do. Yeah. That's like where it all starts right there. Yep. So question, was the grass greener on the other side? Of course. (laughs) Much greener. Good. Good. I love it. So Wyatt, what like made you excited about this industry? Why did you pick cannabis and why are you sticking through this? Totally. So um, it really started with just my own personal use. I was uh, first discovered vaporizing and I was like, wait, you can not have to smoke weed. Because uh, my family has sensitive lungs, so um, smoking weed every day, you know, I can definitely tell a difference in my cardiovascular health. So, got on the vape train, you could say, with a dry flower vaporizer, and then uh, started doing more and more research into cannabis. And I was like, "Holy cow! Like, there's so many things people aren't even talking about that you don't see in mainstream, or people even know about, like cannabinoids or terpenes. You know, three or four years ago, like, weren't hugely talked about, or just like the average person." average person had no clue. So that started my interest. And then from there, I was like, this is awesome. You can have the opportunity to pave a new sector in this industry. It's new. Uh, it's booming. There's a lot of attention being turned towards it. Wow. So what was the first flower vape you used? Uh, it was, it was called uh, Aromatech diffuser. Yeah. He's trying to convert you right now. I know. <laughs> he's converted. No, I'm just yeah. curious. No, yeah, I'm converted. We got he's, the full bean hills. Long, t- long time colony member. Yeah, but um, it was this little, like, I still got it, little uh, des- desktop vaporizer and uh, did flower, about a gram of it. So it was perfect. I started playing with different strains. And Are they still around? Aromatech? I think they are. I don't know if they've, I don't think they were dropping new models, but they're there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, um, from there, you know, just my interest just really took off in the industry. And um, to the point that 2016, I was like, I need to move out here and, you know, do something about this and get into it and experience it and learn it. So it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. The, the potential this industry has moving forward and the opportunity. It's massive. I think you, you highlighted something good that is like, we're still learning stuff and like the market still has to catch on to it, like down the road. So there's still a lot of building that goes in between that people don't really see or people are like, that's not where it's going to go. Right. And out of nowhere, you know, flash in the pan, that's where it goes. Right. You know, we've seen that with different types of concentrates. I'm sure you've seen it. You know, it's like every yeah. single month there's a new type of concentrate coming out. It started with wax and shatter. And now we've got crumble and rosin and made rosin. up names. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Jammy jam. Jammy jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grandma sneakers. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's uh, and, and two, you know, um, there's the opportunity to even pave your own sector. I mean, there's still so much that hasn't even been touched. I feel like, True. and uh, there's, I think, a lot of opportunity for you know, especially millennials or anybody to step up and you know, just start experiencing and trying and failing and just paving that sector. They got a good concept, you know. I think you can speak to that. Yeah. And for any entrepreneurs trying to figure out where they might fall into the cannabis industry who are listening and interested in joining us, we need you. Please take your talents and please come join us. We're all stronger in this together. And with that said, too, you know, your plan or your product or, you know, your business may not be right timing wise, but with how quickly the industry moves, who knows what next year will look like or who knows what another state or market, you know, there's so many options that you have the ability to be flexible as long as you can be adaptable. Solid. Absolutely. Super true. I was just going to add that, that it's, it's still the very beginning. We are still at the tip of the iceberg and the way that you miss the train is telling yourself that you already missed the train. Like we're still, this is, we're still in the, in the infancy of the industry. So 
to add on to what Paige said, just get out there and, and get yeah. in. And to, to add to that, you know, I, I think the industry is moving so quick that it, if you're not constantly adapting and innovating, then you'll be left behind. So it's really a lot of opportunity for those that are like really creative and put action in a place instead of just discussing, you know, what's the next move, like doing it because it's moving, you know. So, I mean, with a lot of distractions in, in, in the face of all these entrepreneurs, there's a lot of shiny objects everywhere. I mean, Ali, how do, how do you stay focused and motivated towards pursuing your business? I've, you've been started since 2015, is that what you said? Yes, yeah, we founded in 2015. How to stay focused is a really difficult <laughs> question. About four years in, I'm barely figuring that out. We, we Thankfully, I've, I've been able to build a good network of, of mentors and strategic partners and people that can teach me things on top of simply just messing things up and learning the hard way. Uh, I use a really awesome book called Traction that one of my mentors gave me. They have a system in there. It's called the Entrepreneurial Organization System. And in there, you have a two-page document. It's called your Vision Traction Organizer. It has a lot of exercises, which at first seem like bullshit, you know, identifying your core values and things like that. But that truly has been the primary catalyst to getting us organized and, and focused as a business to where, I mean, last year I didn't even know the term SOP, standard operating procedure. And now that I'm going to masterminds and, and networking with mentors and things like that, it's like SOP, 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 and, and having processes <laughs> for everything. And it's like, wow, you do have to be organized. So the, so the short answer, messing up, mentors, learning, less planning, more action, you know, executing, uh, to m staying motivated, easy. It's, it, this is the cannabis industry. This is the start of a multi-billion dollar industry that we're at the cusp of and get to sit with amazing people like you all. It's, I mean, the energy. I was at NOCO Hemp Expo. There's, can we curse on here? Because I almost dropped, dropped an F-bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay. There's freaking people. Got to try and keep it clean. But literally parking on, on top of curbs because the, yeah. the parking lot was full. Oh, I mean, Tesla rolled up on one wheel. What yeah. is going on? Because people needed to get in there. So so the motivation, you, you if you're not motivated working in the cannabis industry, then, then get out. I mean, it's yeah. that's easy. True, yeah. And if you are motivated, come on over. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. <laughs> yep. We're literally sitting on the couch, like the door's open. You all can come in. <laughs> awesome. So what are some advantages you feel to being an entrepreneur? Like, why did you pick this route instead of, you know, working for the man? Right. Totally. Um, I get bored really easy. <laughs> uh, number one. And two, I, I like having uh, no like cap potential. So, you know, working for yourself, you can really like uh, run with your creativity and try new things. And um yeah, it's generally, you know, a lot more time and effort and energy, but the flip side is it's, it's your own thing you're creating and you can see how that touches the world and changes things. And it's really fun to just craft your own company from the ground up too. Um, a little bit different than just buying something. It's like, you gotta, you start from very humble beginnings, then, you know, you work your way up and then you can really take it any direction you want. And I, I think that freedom is definitely like the hugest part of that. It's, uh, it's amazing, you know, just waking up every day doing what you love and uh, don't have to answer to anybody besides our, our customers, <laughs> number one. But yeah. um, other than that, you know, it's just you create your day. And it, tell us a little bit about the dark side, Wyatt, about yeah, the, the struggles totally. of being an entrepreneur. Totally, struggles. totally. Um, a lot of pressure, I, I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs put on themselves, you know, uh, especially like if you're facing many uh, failures or learning experiences. Um, it's really challenging to like go to 
people you greatly respect. And I think talk about that and be open about that. But if you can get over that hurdle of it's okay to make mistakes, especially starting from the ground up, I think you're going to grow so much faster and being open and transparent is going to make you a much stronger person. And it's really like, I think a mental endurance game um, that you have to play because you're going to face hurdles. You're going to face challenges. That's anything, even cannabis. Like there's even bigger challenges I say you face just because how quickly it moves. So I think the mental game is huge. That's so true. Yeah. And I just wrote a blog uh, just on the website and it's about mental resilience. And yeah, I think it's something that is not talked about at all or enough. 100%. Mental totally. health in general probably controls all of your other health and you don't even realize it yet. Most of us go work out at a gym at least a couple times a week. We worry about what we eat, yet we don't take enough time to, to worry about what goes into our brains. What are we putting into our brains? How are we shaping our brains? Are we physically getting our brain in shape? And as an entrepreneur, I think that's something that's going to be your very first thing that slaps you in the face when, when you are setting your own schedule and you realize, I have all this freedom. But then at the end of the day, you realize that, oh my gosh, my schedule is up to me now. I have to make my own schedule. I have to wake up and I have to consciously do these things. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one that's going to have to yell at me when I'm not following my schedule. I'm the one that has to get on my own ass when I'm not getting things done. When a customer calls, guess what? Right. Who do you go to at the end of the day? Yourself. Right. You look yourself in the mirror and say, what are we going to do with this hard customer, this challenge? Yeah. You have to answer that. Or is that that addiction to like wanting to keep improving and growing? You know, that's the first thing I threw out the window was like my diet and exercise because I just got so consumed in wanting to grow this, you know, and the balance of like the time and like all these huge. other commitments you have. And it's a, it's a totally balanced. Yeah. I'd say if you start with that, if you're starting a company, like get your health and control 100% and like make that a priority. And then from there you have the foundation to be successful starting things. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I think people talk about like self-improvement and like shaping their mind and I like what Ali said and have like organizational tools that you use, but just the simple fact of like waking up every day and saying like, can I sustain this motivation? Can I sustain when I have challenges? Can I get myself up after I've had a rough day or a month of no sales, or I just lost 2K last month, or I made a bad investment, or this product didn't work out and I just lost a bunch of money, or there's so many different things that can affect us. And I still want to get into this more because it's another question of ours, but you're 100% right. Thank you. Yeah. Thing is, yeah, like you're saying, something needs to be more talked about. It's funny too, like the further you get into being an entrepreneur, I start to think about like, I understand why Steve Jobs wore the same outfit every single day. <laughs> it was like one less thing to yeah. think about because you had to focus all your energy yep. on certain things. And I think to what you were saying about too, I think it's really tempting to make a lot of mistakes being a young entrepreneur because you want to be everything to everyone. You want to be able to attract any investor who comes your way. And I think that chasing too many opportunities can be, you know, right. just a fatality to your company at the end of the day. And like, at least your creative input. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm saying this as a privileged white woman, right? Like talking (laughs) to investors is a lot easier for me than people who have been really impacted by the war on drugs and don't have the same like standing ground. So So I think like always reminding ourselves that we should come from a place of advocacy and have that as your passion will like fuel you forward. But still, you know, know what you are doing, know what your product is or your business is and do it so well that you attract the right investors who want to help you grow, not someone who's a, you know, a negative fit to your company because a bad investment can really, you know, be just as bad as I was saying with too many opportunities. Like you have to think strategically. And 
I always like to think of it as I'm building a castle in the sky. If my foundation is not safe, it will crumble. And I would like always try and remind myself, was this decision going to propel me another like step up the ladder or do I have to like balance my footing again? So true. Yeah. I, I think, you know, like you're saying, building the foundation and really leading with that passion for ag advocacy <laughs> uh, is what's going to keep you, you know, focused too through the hard times and this shiny object syndrome. That's huge in this industry. I mean, especially when you start meeting these other people and all these ideas start mixing, like, I don't know about you guys, but there's, there's all these concepts and ideas you want to implement, but it's just like, no, you can't like throw it in a binder, maybe later, but narrow the focus, having yeah. quarterly rocks. One thing Absolutely. I want to say about, about being entrepreneurs is that a lot of people think that you can go and like, just only focus what you're good at. Right. And, and, and there's all the glamor around it and everything, but I think it's very important to realize that you kind of, you got to be like a little bit of a psycho. You got to be crazy. You got to be, you got to be ready to like, like Jared was saying to endure potentially not having sales, potentially, you know, going back to ramen noodle, having to miss trips because you're not making money. I mean, frankly, I was making more money than I was 20 when I was 23 than I am now, you know, because I'm putting in the work, I'm reinvesting in the profits. I'm, I mean, I have, I have friends who are taking trips and have nicer cars than me and all these things because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm investing for the long-term game. So I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be patient and you have to be willing to execute the daily grind day by day and, and, and have that patience because it, it doesn't come quickly. And even if you come into the cannabis industry, multi-billion dollar industry, it still doesn't come quickly. Like you have to be patient. So I think it's important just to say like, you better be ready if, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur because it's not easy. And that's like a perfect example of, you know, the investor you should be attracting, right? If like you ever wanted to, you're in it for long term. You see the return on this. Like you don't want somebody who's short sighted. So even just like really going back to your saying of like, this is what's in my book. These are my core focuses. This is what's important to me and the ethos of my company. It will keep you on track when you get to those really dark days. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a mini break and then we'll come back. So like two, three minutes, smoke break, whatever. We'll come back. Lit and Lucid podcast recording live at Lux Retreat. Cool. Yeah. So when we left off there, we were talking about the downfalls of being an entrepreneur and kind of the struggles and things that go along with that. So the cannabis industry is something new and there's definitely going to be some challenges there. So I mean, Paige, you want to talk about some of the unexpected downfalls and challenges of operating within the cannabis space? Where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) You know, let me preface by saying I'm fortunate. I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, my father and his father before them. So I'm very familiar with the struggles and joys of small business ownership and how to prepare and have risk management, risk management and like certain things. So with that said, nothing could have prepared me for cannabis. So, you know, to Ollie's point before, If you're still planning, 
you've missed the boat. And you know, I say this as someone who's written a hundred page business plan with my partner. What up? (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into it, but it's to keep you on track and to keep like the skeleton of what you should be doing because things are going to come from all over. And so for me, I really was speaking to it before when I said, know where to focus. I think I felt susceptible and to all the investors I was talking to, I wanted to make sure that it worked for all of them to have options. I should have been focused on finding the one and the needle in the hay who would have been the perfect one. So like huge learning curve there. From that, you know, every state you go to, there's going to be different regulations. Prepare for it yourself. Print out the 300 pages or read it on your Kindle. Be sustainable, my bad. But, you know, read them. Be more familiar. You know, I don't understand legal jargon and have not gone to law school to understand it. But I can at least have a question ready versus needing to pay a lawyer $400 an hour to explain everything to me. Like, do your homework. Be prepared. There's a lot of people who are going to really respect what you're doing. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are already in the industry who shouldn't be. You know, we can already see there's, they say 80% of the marketplace US nationwide is snake oil when it comes to CBD oil. It's not being tested. It's not full spectrum. There's no, there's nothing to verify it. And, you know, that's the same thing here. There's a lot of people who aren't in it for the long run, like we are. So you want to make sure that you're with the right people who are going to be there to help your dreams succeed. And I would say the starting point is convince one person, convince one person of your dream, get them on board, get a co-founder, do not do it yourself. And I would say that's my greatest success is my business partner is the hacker and I'm the hustler. Like I go out and do the meetings. She does the business planning. Like we complement each other so well. And when you can convince someone to see your vision and to move 2,400 miles across the country, who's now invested with you, like you're going to be able to go conquer twice as many things. So get someone in your team and don't do anything alone. They were to say the path is shorter with two. So true in this too. Lit and lucid style. Yeah. yeah. What up? Wyatt and Max. Yeah. Who's I, your I, co-founder? I, what's that? Who's your other co-founder? Ross. Yeah. Yeah. I what think up? Add, See? Add, yeah. <laughs> add to that is, you know, the co-founder scenario. I think finding somebody that like complements you really well. It's not exactly the same as you because then you both have those different strengths. Then you can then feed off each other and have that great synergy. That's so true too. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, you, you can't be the same. There, there's no way that'll ever work. You got to be opposite. Well, what's the benefit? Gotta, well, yeah, what, what is the benefit? Are, you're right. What are you getting out of that? You're already, you're already doing those things. Yeah. You want someone who compliments you. Yeah, Lucy and I have talked about it a ton. There's like a totally a way that she'll see things and there's a way that I see things. And like what we'll do is we'll like merge the two visions together and we're like best of both worlds. There we go. You know, and it's like excellent. It's the best way to do things. And I wish that everybody can find themselves a complimentary business partner. Yeah, and to that point, you have to be able to compromise, right? Because if you can't agree with the person who respects you the most and vice versa, like how do you expect to lead a team and get people on board for your vision? You really like their strength in numbers. And to that, you know, to that, I hope that, you know, when we have a full team built out, I hope that we are the least intelligent people sitting at that table. And we do a great job hiring other people who fill in more gaps that we find. It'll probably be difficult because my business partner is the smartest person I've ever met. But, you know, we can hope. Yeah. And I, I love like the quotes. I don't even know who it is, but they always, it's probably like Steve Jobs or somebody says, I don't hire people and like tell them what to do. I hire smart people so they can tell me what to do. Exactly. And I think that's so true. And I think going back to the point of like having a strong business partner, you don't realize at the time that you found that company 
and you find your business partner, whether it's the two of you merge and you do this, you are shaping your company culture from that second forward, from that moment forward. So every employee you add on after that is going to vibe off the two of you, your synergy. And whatever kind of relationship or dynamic you set, that's the dynamic that's going to be set for the whole company going forward. So keep that in mind. You are building your culture, whether you have employees or not, to share that culture with from day one. And so it's imperative to like have that in mind and and that vision. And it's a great tool for you, right? Like, you know, do you want people who are long term? Do you want people who are going to be able to wear multiple hats or just focus on one thing? Like, what is your vision of your company? What are you trying to manifest? So, I mean, what about Ali? You know, have you found any challenges in the cannabis industry? Anything that's been, you know, probably not what a normal business entrepreneur would probably face? Yeah, we have to get really creative with with marketing. Traditional marketing, you you can't do even even with us being in the in the vape space, even related to the cannabis industry as hardware accessories. We can't use traditional marketing like Google ads, Facebook ads, paid ads, can't even have PayPal on our website. So there's a lot of uh, red tape that you have to navigate around. And that comes with being innovative and, and, and communicating again, the collaboration. I, I did want to touch on your point, Jared. I really like how you talked about the, the culture and the values. We were just talking about core values and things like that. I do want to say though, for the listeners that also don't be afraid to start a business on your own. You don't always need a business partner. You can get, you can, you can get things started and you can hire people but you do want to be collaborating. You do want to have strategic partnerships. You want to be out there networking. You know, there, there's definitely a great co-founder dynamic and, and, but also there, there's both sides, you know, so I would challenge, uh, some people are better single workers, you know, so, so I don't think that it's absolutely necessary to make sure that you get, uh, one business partner or co-founder, um, but to explore kind of what's best for you. Uh, so you'll sure, get a good yeah. director of operations at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just somebody else who might be on your team down the line. Yeah, of course. Sure. All, all, all of your team members you definitely want in line with the core values, right? Use that as a filtering mechanism. Do they fit the culture? Do they fit the core values? Uh, but yeah, yes. that's something that I just learned recently was like setting your mission, having core values, and then whether you're hiring from those core values or you're picking your clients from those core values, if you have core values in place, it becomes a lot easier to say, hey, you know, you're not really cutting the snuff here, like as part of this team, and we're going to have to let you go because, you know, you know, here's our core values or a client, somebody comes on and they're immediately bossing you around. And like, you believe in the quality of your work and you believe that it takes time to produce quality work and your clients sitting there pushing you, pushing you, pushing you saying, I need this done today. And they just called you yesterday to get it done. And you're like, that's not how we operate. So, you know, we're gladly refer you to somebody else, but you know, that doesn't fit in line with our core values as a company. So we're gonna have to proceed in this path. Yeah, like if you don't smoke weed, you're probably not going to work here, honestly. <laughs> that's 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 what uh, happened with Josh, our, our creative director. We had a lot of a lot of really high level talent, but they just none of them even dabbed or smoked weed, and it, and it didn't really fit. And Josh had worked at a dispensary, was just much more part of the culture, and and was actually the best investment because the work that he's been able to do, uh, it was almost like the universe just led us in the right direction, even though at, at first sight it didn't seem. Uh, like maybe the best fit on paper, but it definitely was. And I think people get tripped up in that and they think that I have to have every single employee that comes to me or I have to have every single customer that comes to me. And that's not true because sometimes customers are going to cost you more money in the long run than anything you're getting back with them. Maybe that's in your time. Maybe that's in your mental health. Maybe you're staying up all night because you had a terrible experience with a customer. Now you're losing sleep. Now your other work, now your other clients are suffering. The same thing with a bad employee. All those things can be applied to a bad employee as well. Um, so definitely if you have those values in place, you could easily filter through and then at the same time, plug somebody in who's extremely passionate and driven towards your mission 
and you're, they're going to accomplish twice as much because they're in tune with what you're doing. Yeah, I would say that's important. You know, scaling is having someone that can really lead the ship with that vision and you know mindset, and that allows you to step back. I think to you know further automate and build your company and grow and scale. So huge. Well, cool. So we like to normally end all of our shows with asking our guests of some advice for entrepreneurs in the industry, but you guys specifically as millennials, like what would be some advice you have to other millennials looking to be even just a regular entrepreneur of any kind of business? Yeah, totally. Um, I would say starting off, like definitely go to any networking event you have an opportunity to go to uh, in the industry, um, constantly mingling, growing, um, reaching out to people via social media, doing your research and learning. Um, cause you know, really to start off the best thing you can have at your disposal is a good network and just really good knowledge moving forward. And that's really going to create a, a, a lot of opportunity for you. I think starting off your company and entering into the cannabis industry. I would say to always take the first meeting, but make sure that they qualify for the second meeting before you invest more of your time. You can go to one networking event and, you know, somewhere in Denver where we are, there could be 20 a week. So which ones are you going to, right? Like you have to be selective of your time. So take the first meeting, make it a priority to meet as many people. But if they don't align in helping you get to where you need to go, you know, be civil. If you can help them with something, help them because it'll come back to you. But go on and focus to what matters to you. I would say to be relentless, you know, realize that you're going to have to execute and don't worry about having the perfect plan and waiting for the perfect moment or the perfect time. Just, just execute and continue, continue to execute because you'll, you'll learn along the way, collaborate, you know, partner, talk to people, network and believe, believe in yourself. You know, you have to have the faith. You have to have the faith. So. You stole mine, man. That's my yeah. advice. <laughs> to being Believe. relentless. And be, be patient. Relentless. Yeah. Patience, That's yeah. That's huge. Yeah, Lucy's every week reminding me to be patient. <laughs> like, oh my Rome goodness. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. But not right. too patient. <laughs> right. Not right. too patient. You have right. to balance yeah. patience. Yeah, and at the same time, you have to like enjoy it too. Even like the struggles, even like the ups and the downs. Like sometimes you just got to sit back and be like, this is what it is. You know, Paige and I were talking when she first showed up and she's like, how's everything? And I'm like, you know, it's life. It's adult life. It's kind of, it's kind of hard. And then there just comes a point where you're like, you just look at it and you're like, this is it. So like, this is what you get to do. And like, we're doing some pretty cool shit. And so even though like it may be hard, maybe it took us, you know, a minute to get everything together for this live recording, but it's going to be worth it. Like y'all are watching us. Y'all are listening to us. We're helping you. We're educating you. Hopefully we're motivating you. Hopefully we're helping to spread some, you know, some goodwill for our people on the show here. Cause they need some love too. Hope we're helping them getting their name out and Absolutely. I mean, yeah. thank you guys for having us. You guys are awesome. Yeah, thank you again. Yeah. So this oh, was Wyatt Beebe of Lux Retreat, Paige Kazazian of Faro Kitchen, and Ali Abuzalim of Bee Nails. So thank you guys all for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. We had some really dope sponsors. So TR Concentrate, Mindful Dispensary, Stillwater Brands. We're here at Lux Retreat. So thank you guys all. This was our 50th episode. This was super dope. 50th. Wow. 50 episodes. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yep. And hey, we have something cool to announce to you all. Something that's kind of grown from this experience. Something that's grown from our experience with all of you. Something that's grown from our experience with our guests. Tell them what that is, Lucy. 
Yeah. So if you're looking for some more motivation or some mind, body, spirit connection or some overall relaxation, come join us for our Cannabis Entrepreneurs Retreat here at Lux Retreat from July 14th, uh, 12th through 14th. So join us. If you like what you hear, you can come learn from us, hang out with us, smoke a little bit of weed and have a good time. Right. Yeah. And why is it different? Why is it something that you need to come to? Because I think what we touched on in this podcast was that reframing your mental state, reframing your mental health, getting that in check, getting your physical health in check. Those are two of the most important things you need as an entrepreneur. You don't need to necessarily worry about tax planning or how to form your business. That will come. But if you have your mind right and you're physically fit and in shape, everything else will fall into place. So that's what Lucy and I really developed this. And and that's our mission with it is really to focus on those two core things that are really at the root of it. What makes you the best you you can be? Yeah. So hit us up if you're interested in that. But you guys, with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. (laughs) We have known Steve for over a year now and find his products to be one of the most reputable sources of CBD and other cannabis products on the market. With so many imitation oils being sold online, it's important to source products from companies you trust. Steve's Goods is that company. Steve's Goods is an award-winning Colorado-based CBD company offering organic and locally sourced products at unbeatable prices. Visit www.stevesgoods.com for more info. This episode of the Lit and Lucid podcast is produced in partnership with YooHoo Brand. YooHoo Brand is an industry-leading digital marketing and business development agency in Denver, Colorado. YooHoo Brand specializes in social media management, website development, influencer marketing, and content creation, along with a host of supporting services to complement your marketing strategy. YooHoo Brand, building businesses the right way. If you're interested in learning more, hit us up at hello at or reach out to Jared and Lucy directly on the show. <laughs>